Praise God. Well, I'm glad y'all are here tonight. I'm going to share a word with you. And uh, it's going to be one of those words I'm going to share with you that uh, uh, if you have a friend and maybe they didn't see the uh, broadcast or weren't here, you need to share this with them. You know, I, I just want to say, first of all, that I know there's a lot of people out there and you're, you're wondering what in the world's going on. And uh, things didn't go like you thought it was going to go. Uh, maybe the words you were believing or the outcome of everything didn't turn out like you thought. And uh, maybe tonight your faith's been shaken. And so I'm going to stir it up here. Because the bottom line is, church, <clears throat> we're not in control. God is in control. And I got up this morning drinking my coffee, reading my Bible, and, you know, it was amazing. The Lord was still there. He didn't, he didn't get deleted or cut off or uh, what do you call it? Uh, no. Huh? Censored. There you go. Thank you. He didn't get censored and, and, and taken off, and he's still there. He's still on the throne. Uh, he assured me that he was in charge. And, you know, I preached Sunday about, um, about the kingdom of God, and I want to probably touch on that. And I, I had two messages, two things in my heart this morning. I was just kind of like flip-flopping it around, juggling it back and forth, saying, Lord, which way you want me to go? And, and, uh, and so anyway, I was going to preach on that tonight, but I felt like he kind of grabbed the reins and jerked them around a little bit. And so, so I want to just I want to address first of all before I get into the message I just want to address listen to me if you if you were believing a certain way or you were listening to a certain prophet or you were listening to this and something was said about this and that and the other listen first of all I just want to say men are men and men make mistakes okay there's only one prophet that I listen to and his name's Jesus and there's only one word and one letter that I'm going to always adhere to and it's right here in the word okay and the guessing game going on in the world or what's taking place, um, I had my desires, but, you know, that's, I've had my desires about a lot of things. And some things in life, I, in my walk with Jesus that I have really not prayed very hard about, just happened. And then there's been other things in life I prayed really hard about, and it didn't happen. And then later on down the road, I found out, huh, I'll be. Uh, probably was a good thing that didn't happen, right? And so I've, I, I've just resolved, not just like right now, my whole life has been resolved to just say, Lord, I'm just trusting in you, and, and I'm not trusting in man, nor the opinion of man, okay? Now, the next thing is, is don't get mad, and don't cut off every preacher that gave you, you a little encouragement one way or the other, and, and now you're not going to ever listen to them again. Don't do that. Everybody needs to. Um, everybody needs to walk in wisdom right now. But I want to share something with you right now, and uh, it's kind of a crazy message. And it's not. I'm not going to get real in depth. And there's a lot more that I could share, like out of this tonight. But uh, we're just going to have to see how it goes because I don't want to spend all night going on over this and over this and over this. So anyway, get your Bibles out. Go to the book of Judges, chapter 18, Old Testament. We're going to start there. 
Judges 18, verse 7. Yeah, it's got to give me a little bit. I'm going to do a lot of storytelling tonight, and y'all are just going to have to go pick it up and read it because I don't want to go through the Bible. If I do, it'll, it's a, it's a two-week Bible study here, and I don't want to do a two-week Bible study. I want to give you a 30-minute wham. So Judges 18, 7, there's a scripture here. It says, so five men departed and went to Loash, or Laish, and they saw people there who were, and they saw the people who were there, how they dwelt safely in the manner of the Sidians, quiet and secure. There were no rulers in the land who might put them to shame for anything. They were far from the Sidians and had no ties with anyone. Okay, so there's this group of people that in Israel in that day, you know, you got to understand that, you know, when the, when the children of Israel moved into the promised land, they started conquering the land and going through and t- doing this. But there's always certain pockets that either they didn't get taken over or, you know, the, the, whoever the tribe was didn't completely conquer the land or something like that. So there was this group of people and basically they did what they wanted to do. Everybody said they did what they wanted to do. You know, can you imagine living in a, a, in, with no rulers? There's nothing, nothing to set a standard in front of the people, nothing to set morality in front of people, nothing to say, don't do that, that's wrong, okay? But that's how these people live and that's how these people dwell. Now, that's going to be important here in just a minute. So now I want you to jump over to 1 Kings chapter 16. 1 Kings chapter 16. Now, 1 Kings 16 through 19 are some of my favorite chapters in the Old Testament. It's the story of Elijah and going to Mount Carmel, calling down fire from heaven and all this exciting, exciting, exciting things. Now, I want to say this before this is all said and done. I never, I never said that I thought President Trump was going to be reelected. I've said from the beginning that I believe with all of my heart that God is about to do something big. Okay. I still have firm faith on the inside of me. God is about to do something big. Okay. I believe though the big that we think about and the big that, you know, we're dwelling and maybe thinking about in our mind may not be exactly, may not, may not go exactly like we think it should go. All right. But God's about to do something. Can you imagine living in Israel in the day when Ahab and Jezebel were ruling the area and that what it was like to be in a, in a land where the rulers did not serve God, they served Baals, they did not worship God, they did not allow worship of God, they brought in their own form of religion, had their own form of religion in the land, and everything was, everybody was oppressed, okay? <clears throat> and so... Here comes this, this prophet up, Elijah, you know, he's kind of a strange cat. I mean, if you read through and look at Elijah of all the prophets in the Old Testament, he's kind of different, all right? And uh, so let me, let me read verse six, chapter 16, 1 Kings 16, 30, and set the stage. It says, no, Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. And it came to pass as though uh, it had been, and it came to pass as though it had been thriving. It had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took as a wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ithambal, king of the Sidians. 
And he went and served Baal and worshipped him. Then he set up an altar for Baal at the temple of Baal and he had built that, that he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a wooden image and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all of the kings of Israel who were before him. Now, if you notice that Jezebel came from this place that I just read to you about, she came from a land and a people that had no ruler. They did what they wanted to do. All right. So she was raised up in this. And this is who Ahab took as his wife. All right. So they did whatever they wanted to do. And then you come into 1 Kings 18, where 1 Kings 18, 4, it says, So far it was that while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord. So Jezebel takes off and she starts, she starts going through the land. And you notice it doesn't say Ahab. It says Jezebel. She started going through, she started killing out the word of God. She started killing out the things that, that, that would convict her. Put a moral rule over her that saying don't do that. All right? Now I'm going to, I'm not prophesying because this is, I, I don't know exactly the, the proper key to prophesying. I'm not necessarily uh, foretelling the future, but I am going to tell you what I believe is going to happen. All right. I believe, I believe that the Lord is stirring me and showed me this, that the spirit of Jezebel is upon the land. Okay. And you got to understand something. The spirit of Jezebel is a spirit. What was behind Jezebel in that day was a demonic spirit. Now, I told y'all from way back that the enemy wants, he says, in the last days, in the latter times, Paul's talking, he says, in the latter days, what's going to happen? Deceiving spirits are going to come upon people, and they're going to deceive people, right? Well, right now, the spirit of Jezebel is upon the land, all right? And the person who's in the bullseye for the spirit of Jezebel, because you've got to understand something. I don't understand all the workings, but you have to understand that certain devils do certain things. And they play the same pattern over and over and over again. Right? So if you look at the spirit of Jezebel, it hates the people of God. Okay? I have been saying this from the onset of this. This is the day in which all of us need to get as close to God as we've ever been before. You need to more, be stronger in your faith, stronger in your conviction, stronger in what you know is right to the point that you're willing to die for it. We American Christians are the weakest Christians on the face of the earth as far as I'm concerned. The only thing we have down really good is giving. But as far as persecution, we're, man, we're sissies. And then what's happened to us so often is, and I don't know how many times this year I've just like said, I, I, I can't believe that's happening. How many times I've just been like, what? And just been dumbfounded, just like, we can't, they can't see that's wrong? All right. We're going to have to wake up. We're going to have to get out of that. We're going to have to start to where we understand what is going on. And I'm tell you what's going on. What's going on is the spirit of Jezebel is now released upon America. And the spirit of Jezebel, the first thing it's going to want to do is snuff out Christians. 
He said, oh, it can't be done. It can be. And it's going to be tried. All right? She came in and she took him out. But there was always somebody, like if you see here, Obadiah, he took a hundred of the prophets and he hid them, 50 in a cave, and he fed them with bread and water. So he had 50 in one cave, 50 in another cave. He's feeding these guys, all right? So there were still prophets in the land trying to, prophet, to prophesy or to declare the word of God, all right? And you got to understand something. When the Old Testament talks about prophets, those were not all people standing around saying, yea, hey, thus saith the Lord. They were shepherds. They were people trying to guide the sheep into the right direction. But all, there was also all these prophets of Baal, lots of them, that Jezebel had started and gotten and got, and even I've got another scripture down here in a minute, it says that they were at her table and they, they were there and she was feeding them and talking to them. Now, what's funny about this is, you know, growing up as a kid, uh, I would hear sometimes an older person say, you know, oh, well, they, you know, look like a Jezebel. And so I got in my mind that a Jezebel was like a floozy. But if you go look at the scriptures, what a Jezebel was, was a hater of God. Someone that doesn't want to have anybody tell them no. That's truly what a Jezebel spirit is. Now, it's a manipulating spirit because she manipulated Ahab throughout all the scriptures. She was behind him, stirring up, manipulating and manipulating and manipulating. So that's another thing we see going on. We have seen things right now take place. Everybody wants to talk about how, uh, this historic election, and it has been historic because I'm telling you what, there's been some things done that I, have blown my mind that I would have never thought in the history of the United States of America could have ever taken place. Things that were criminal, things that should have been taken care of that never were, okay, never addressed, put down. Well, it's amazing because you see that Jezebel spirit is a manipulator of people, and it manipulates people to get them what they're doing. Now, you know the story. Let me, just, let me just tell it to you. But look, well, first, first Kings 18, look at verse 19. Now, when, when Elijah is about to gather everybody at Mount Carmel, he says, Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel, 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So that's the point I was trying to make. She had close contact with this new religion. All right? A new religion that didn't want to tell anybody that what they were doing was wrong. So you know the story. If you don't, go read it. It's a great story, 1 Kings 18. He gets all of them all up there. There's a big showdown, right? They make an altar. They go whipping and a snorting and a cutting themselves and a trying to whip up something for Baal to do and nothing happens. And then Elijah goes up there. And then what happens? Fire comes down from heaven and consumes the altar. See, what I'm saying, the big thing is God's about to do is the fire of God's about to fall. How is that going to look exactly? I do not know, but I do know that it's going to rescue people. People are going to get saved. People are going to get healed. People are going to start to flock back to church like they never have before. Anytime in the scriptures you read where, the, where, Christian, where I'm saying Christians, but in the Old Testament, God's people were coming to persecution. They always prospered. They persecuted the early church. And they, everybody had to go leave and spread out. And the gospel spread all over the world and, and, is, and, and, and went to parts that no one could have ever imagined. Signs, wonders, and miracles followed them. Right? They, they persecuted Israel when they were in Egypt. And then what happens? They plunder Egypt and they leave with signs, wonders, and miracles following. I say the fire of God that's about to fall 
on churches that truly will worship God. People that truly will have a heart for him is going to be the fire of God falling. I say there's going to be conviction on the hearts of people that aren't doing right. I say there's going to be conviction and, 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 and people repenting and coming to Christ like never before. I say we're about to have a great harvest like, like we've only could ever dream. That's what I say God's fire is going to fall, and that's what's going to happen. But if you know the story and you look at the story, the fire of God falls. God does something miraculous. So they kill the 450 prophets of Baal, but Jezebel and Ahab are still in authority. So they still have wicked kings ruling them. All right? Nothing happens. But then they go over to 1 Kings 21. 1 Kings 21. Jezebel, the wife, I'm in verse 5. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to, to him, Why is your spirit so sullen that you eat no food? And he said to her, Because I spoke to, to Naboth, the Jezreelite, and I said to him, give me your vineyard for money or else if it pleases you and I'd give you another vineyard for it. And he answered and said, I'll not give up my vineyard. And then Jezebel, his wife, said to him, now you now exercise authority over Israel. Arise and eat food. Let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth, the, the Jezreelite. Okay, so this Jezebel spirit does not look at authority in a proper righteous manner. In other words, they're going to do what it does to please them. We're going to see that happen more and more and more. We've already seen it. We're going to see it happen more and more. That authority, and we're going to be sitting around saying, well, well wait a minute. You, you can't do that. What are you talking about? You can't do that. That's not right. It's not going to make any difference. The spirit of Jezebel is going to push out to go out and to misuse and abuse authority to bring about whatever they want for their desire. Her husband wanted a guy's vineyard that did not belong to him. The guy didn't want to sell it, should have been over with. But no, she said, oh, I'll get it for you. So she trumps up a big story about uh, Naboth, trumps up a big story about him, gets the, the family, to uh, the, the village to go out and basically stone him. Not basically, they did stone him. They stoned him and killed him. And then now the field was up for sale. And Jezebel says, okay, now, now there's your vineyard. And he didn't think there was anything wrong with that. All of us would be standing around saying, what are you talking about? You can't do that. But you got to understand that demonic spirit. That demonic spirit deceives people to where they don't think that what they did was wrong. Because it goes all the way back to the beginning. They don't want rule over them. It's a devil. And people need to call a devil what a devil is. It's a devil. And you know something? I want to tell you something. You, you know, it's like a rattlesnake. You can't make a pet out of a rattlesnake. You can put him in a jar and you can talk nice to him and you can try to pet him. He'll try to bite you every time. He's not going to get down and he's not going to be like, just get like a, you know, like you tamed a cat or something. I mean, this, a rattlesnake's going to bite you. It's in his nature to bite you. Devils, there's only one thing to do for him is cast them out. You can't, you can't do diplomacy with devils. Hear what I'm saying to you. You cannot do diplomacy with devils. There's only one place for a devil to go, and that's back to the pit. You can't reason with them. You never find, except the parable, or the, not the parable, but the story of Jesus with legion. He did allow them to go into the pigs because the pigs weren't supposed to be there anyway. That was a broken covenant. And a curse without a cause came to light, and there was a curse going on there. 
And besides that, God just don't like pigs. I mean, go through the whole Bible, man. God does not like pigs. He's got a deal about pigs. If you look on down to verse 21, I mean, chapter 21, verse 25, 1 Kings 21, 25, I'm sorry. I'm kind of got my scriptures all messed up here. 1 Kings 21, 25. It says, if there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord because Jezebel, his wife, Stirred him up. This Jezebel spirit wants to go behind the leaders and stir them up. Okay? Now, you got to understand something. A Jezebel spirit doesn't always have to be a woman. All right? It's a devil. And it'll work through any person that it possibly can. Any person that yields to it, it'll work through. So, ladies, don't get mad at me. All right? But I want you to know something. God won't stand for it. As much as God hates pigs, God hates the Jezebel spirit. So I want you to look back now, 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19, 15. Now this is where the Lord is speaking to Elijah after Jezebel had said she was going to kill him. Fear struck him. Now, there's another thing about the Jezebel spirit. It It wants to strike fear into the hearts of God's ministers. And if there's any preachers listening to me out there tonight, you better get a backbone. You better get ready and you better get a backbone. Because I'm telling you, the Jezebel spirit's going to come after pastors. It's going to. Listen, mark my words. I'm not putting yay, hey, thus saith the Lord in here, because I'm just telling you what I see in the scriptures. All right? God's already prophesied it in his word. All we got to do is look at it. And discern the time. And so Elijah comes back and God speaks to him. And then he tells him to do something. Now, this is where we've got to be smart. Then the Lord said to him, go and return your way to the wilderness of Damascus. No, wait, let me back up for a second. If you go, if you remember the story, Elijah's like, he said, there's no one left. Kill me, God. He goes and gets underneath the cedar tree and calls up and says, oh, God, just kill me right here. And the angel comes to him, remember, gives him the angel food cake. And then he goes on for 40 days. And then he finally gets up on the mountain of God. And, and he's waiting for all this. And there's, remember, there's the, 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 the storm comes by and the earthquake and the fire and all these things happen, you know. And then there's a still, small voice that spoke to him. And this is what he tells him to do. Then the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you have arrived, anoint Hazel as king of Syria. You also shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimish, as king over Israel. And Elijah, the son of Saphath and Abel Meholah. And you shall anoint as prophets in your place. And it shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu will kill it. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. And yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel who have not bowed their knees to Baal every, and every mouth that has not kissed him. <clears throat> okay, so Elijah's wanting a big word from God. And I believe this is where Christians have missed it in all this election. Everybody's wanting a big word from God. All this is going to happen, or that's going to happen, or then this is going to do it, and that's going to do it. But the whole thing was, is we should have stopped and listened to the still small voice of God, who always gives instruction for us to do, because he told him to go do these, these things, which didn't seem like much. Are you with me? It didn't really seem like much. It seemed a simple thing. But He's wanting a big word. He's wanting 
Now the fire that fell from heaven is going to shoot out your fingertips and everywhere you go, you just say, smoke them and I will smoke them. That's what he's wanting to hear. He's not wanting to hear, go anoint these people and tell them they're going to be, I mean, what, what are you talking about? Okay. So then go to 1 Kings 21, 17. So then it says in 1 Kings 21, 17, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise and go down and meet Ahab, king of Israel, who lives in Samaria. There he is at the vineyard of Naboth. Okay, so here's this stolen vineyard he's gotten, where he's gone to take possession of it. And you shall speak to him and say, Thus saith the Lord. Now he's prophesying. He's saying to Ahab what God is going to do. Have you murdered and have you also taken possession? And you shall speak to him and say, Thus says the Lord, in the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, dogs shall lick your blood, even yours. So Ahab said to Elijah, Have you found me, O enemy? He answered, And have you found me? Because you have sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. Behold, I will bring calamity on you. I will take away your posterity, and I will cut off. I will cut off from Ahab every male in Israel, both bond and free. I will make your house like the house of, of Jeboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah, because of the provocation for which you have provoked me to anger and have made Israel sin. And, and concerning Jezebel, the Lord also spoke, saying, The dog shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. The dog shall eat whatever belongs to Ahab and dies in the city and the birds of the air shall eat whatever dies in the field. But there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord because Jezebel, his wife, stirred him up. Okay, so now the Lord is angry because Ahab has done something. He crossed the line. He stepped over and now he is absolutely confronting God and causing Israel to sin, and God's not pleased with that. Now listen to me. So Ahab, I mean, Elisha prophesies to Ahab and tells him what's going to happen, because it's the word of the Lord. Do you realize here, God had a plan. God was going to exact it. He just needed a mouthpiece to go out and tell him what was going to happen, because it's really the kingdom of heaven dealing with the kingdom on this earth. You follow me? Also, whatever a man sows, that he is going to reap. This is Sunday's message, but I'll give you a hint. Because you cannot sow evil and reap good. So, I can tell you what's going to happen in America. How many of y'all have ever seen the old old movie. Man, it's like a, a 36, 1936, The Devil and Daniel Webster. Have y'all ever seen that? You can get it. The other day I happened to catch it on television. The Devil and Daniel Webster. It's an old black and white about a man who wanted to have riches and wanted to have power and wanted to have all that stuff. And the devil comes to him and he sells his soul to the devil and he makes him wealthy. But then all of a sudden he realized what he's done because he starts losing everything around him that he really did care about. He starts losing it all and he wants his soul back. Well, in the old movie, Daniel Webster, the great orator, comes in and rescues him and delivers the guy. Gets him 
gets him, talks the devil out of him. But in, in man, what do we got? These bugs flying everywhere tonight? What's the deal? Was there a bug attack? <clears throat> and so, so uh, see that I'm preaching about it? It's happening. Devils are coming everywhere out of the woodworks. My point is, is that it, that's a movie, but it don't work like that in real life. Whatsoever man so that he's going to reap, and there's only one way to get out of it is to fall at the feet of Jesus and have your soul cleansed by his blood. There's no other alternative. There's no other way out. I don't care how powerful you are. I don't care what you've got. I don't care what all you've got out there in the world that you've got all construed up. Listen to me, it isn't going to work. When it comes time to pay, you're going to have to pay. So go to first, Second Kings 9. Nine. So here we go. Years have gone by. And it says in 2 Kings 9, 9, so I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, like the house of Basha. The same words are going out here. And dogs shall eat Jezebel by the plot of ground by Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury her and open the door. And, and, the, and, and he opened the door and he fled. Now, this is Jehu. In other words, all of a sudden, the things are starting to take place. Elijah's gone on to heaven. Now, Elisha, his servant that he anointed, he's in charge. Elijah never got to see Ahab and Jezebel, the word that he spoke, come to pass. It's his servant, the one that God told him from the mountain to go anoint, and these other people to go anoint. Years have gone by, and all of a sudden, this guy Jehu, which nobody knew of, pops up on the scene, and he starts becoming the great defender of Israel. And he wasn't doing it because he was really a righteous man. He was a warrior. Now look down at verse 30. So it says, now Jehu came to Jezreel and Jezebel heard of it. And she put paint on her eyes and adorned her head. And she looked through a window. Now, I guess that's where everybody always got that a Jezebel spirit's all, you know, painted up. But I mean, that could have been war paint. I mean, that could have just been something else, you know. Then as Jehu entered the gate, she said, is it peace, Zimri, murderer of my master? And he looked up at the window and said, who's on my side? Who? So two of the three eunuchs looked at him. Then they said, throw her down. And so they threw her down and her blood splattered on the wall on the horses and trampled on her foot. Now, look at this. What I'm saying is, you see, the people that were surrounding Jezebel, all of a sudden, in a moment, when they saw the tide turning, they're like, ah, okay, get rid of her. Threw her out the window. What I'm saying to you, God, you got to understand God and the way he does things. And that's God. He doesn't always cause things to work out like we thought they were going to do it. Oh, this is going to happen, and then that's going to happen, and then this is going to happen, and then that's going to happen. Yeah, in, in, a, in a world dealing with men in a man's world, but God's not doing that. God is in the kingdom of heaven above all of that. And so he's got his way of doing things. He spoke the word, he's going to make it happen. And so when God starts to move, this is what I'm saying to you. You may see something happen that's going to say, oh, I never thought about that. Who would have ever thought of some eunuchs throwing Jezebel out? They don't have the wherewithal to do something like that. You with me? And she got all painted up, thought she was going to a party. And the next thing she knew, the people right there beside her threw her out the window. Okay. 
Then he said, now go now and see this accursed woman and bury her, for she was a, a king's daughter. Oh, wait, excuse me. I missed something here. Back up. So it says they threw her down, and she threw her down, and some of her blood splattered on the wall and on the horses, and, they, and he trampled her underfoot. And when he, had, when he had gone in, he ate and he drank. Okay? Then they said, okay, now go now and, and, and see to this accursed woman and bury her, for she is a, she's a king's daughter. So they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than a skull and her feet and the palms of her hands. Therefore, they came back and told him, says, the word of the Lord, which was spoken by the prophet Elisha the Tishbite, saying, on the plot of ground of, uh, of Jezreel, dogs shall eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the courts of Jezebel shall be his refuse on the surface of the field and the plot at Jezreel. So they, they so they, so, whew, I can't speak to so that they shall not say, here lies Jezebel. In other words, Jehu didn't even know the prophecy, really. He didn't even really know what was going on. He didn't know how it was all going to play out. They just threw her out. He was hungry, went in to get something to eat, comes back out, and she's gone, and the word of God was fulfilled. Okay? My point is, God's going to fulfill his word for America. And I believe that the word of the Lord for America has always been that he's going to prosper this nation. He's going to send forth the gospel as a, a light, America to be a light in the world and send the gospel out around the world. He's going to prosper this nation. He's going to bless the people who trust in him. But when things go awry and men go awry and the spirit of Jezebel rises in the land, God has a plan. And there's no sense us trying to say, okay, God, well, you can do this. I mean, oh, oh Lord, you can go, 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 go and act this or go and act that. And God, you can do this and then he can do that. And if he did that, well, then you can do this and then that can do this and that. And I believe really, and, and I'm going to say it, I really believe that what God is trying to show us at this moment is that as great of a president as President Trump was, he is not the Messiah. And there may be too many people in America looking that he was the Messiah and he was going to lead us into the promised land. And God said, no, 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 no. You're not going to put, you're not going to, you're not going to let men get glory for this. It's going to be me and it's going to be the eunuchs that throw them out. So if you really want to follow this message on down more, all you got to do is figure out who's the eunuchs. Well, it's the person that looks like they have the least amount of power. I don't know. Go chew on that and ponder on that for a while. I'm not saying who it is. If you want to know, if I know who it is, I don't. I'm still chewing on this whole message myself. But I'm just telling you as Christians, we cannot be disappointed and discouraged for the events that have taken place in America and say, oh, God has forsaken us. I'm telling you as this was in the days of Israel, that God has a plan. And God is going to enact his plan. And our job is to stand in faith and continue to go forward and continue to proclaim the gospel and continue at this point to do everything that Jesus tells us to do and has already commanded us to do. I asked the Lord the other day, I said, I said, because see, it's like it's he's not telling me about what on these events, but he is talking to me. And I said, Lord, you know, I don't really understand. I mean, I thought you were going to do a big move. And he said, I did one 2000 years ago. Wasn't it enough? I was like, yeah. I believe Jesus going to the cross for all of us and, you know, like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. Appreciate it. I say no more. 
right? It's like, this is what we're called to do as Christians. We preach the gospel. But I'm telling you, it's going to come with persecution like you've never seen before. I don't know how fast it's going to happen, but I'm just telling you it's coming. I'm telling you, get yourself ready. There is no survival mode for this. It's victory mode. And what you need to be praying against is the spirit of Jezebel and for God to raise up the eunuchs and Jehu to dispatch it. Other thing I want to tell you tonight, and I want to end on this, is folks, listen, everything that goes on has to line up with the word of God. And you have to go back and you have to look at how has God moved. This country we live in is still under heaven's authority. And we have to know how did God do things? How does God move? What is he doing? Like, I, like I've said so many times, it, it just looks foolish to think that he would send his son to earth, born of a, a, a virgin, not of a wealthy family, riding a little donkey, having him born in the manger, all these things that would take place for Jesus to come, then get look like defeated by the, 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 the priest and defeated by Pilate and defeated by Herod, taken out, nailed on a cross, and it looked like it was over. And what did the disciples do? They shrunk back in their houses, were reeling to and fro and didn't know what to do. And then Jesus shows up and said, man, you guys got any fish to eat? And rebuked them for their unbelief. And I just tell you, let's don't get rebuked for our unbelief. Right now, let's stand strong. And let's just keep a, a, a positive smile on our face and going forward saying, Lord, you're going to do something. Come on, I'm ready. Start looking for all those around us, family, friends, people that need the gospel preached to them. Rise up. We're not defeated. We're not stopped. My goodness gracious. I can guarantee you this administration cannot stop the hand of God. All right. Now we're going to get over our feelings. We have to get our anger out so we can clearly hear the still small voice of God. Don't by any means think that I'm turning into a pacifist. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm ready. If God would turn me loose, I mean, if it wasn't for my wife rubbing the back of my neck with a cold rag every morning, I mean, we would already be in trouble. And so anyway, Stand strong. This is not over. It's barely begun. It's barely begun. And I'm just telling you, it's going to be good. may not be comfortable, but it's going to be good. Amen? So look at the person beside you and say, God's got it. Amen? So praise the Lord. So... Just a, well, let's, just a few things, just a few things to tell you. Um, <clears throat> be praying. Please be praying that, that we can keep broadcasting. Okay? I mean, I'm getting a few strikes, but I, I actually kind of like it, to be honest with you. Because I know that if I'm getting cut off, then I, you know, it's good. I'm doing something. And so... Um, just be praying, be praying for the church, be praying for wisdom, praying for all of us that God is going to lead us and guide us in the right direction. Amen. Amen. We'll stand up. I'm going to pray over everybody, pray over everybody out there, your offerings, everything going on. But Father, I just thank you right now that Lord, no matter what's on the face of the earth, we're your servants. 
And you said that you have given us might on the inside of us to walk in whatever is needed. You said in Ephesians 6 that when we walk in that power of might, it's because we've armed ourselves with the armor of God. So I think you Christians rise up right now and they arm themselves with the armor of God. Wherever there's been any doubt and unbelief or any weakness or anything going on, Lord, they just chunk it off. They start to walk out there, start to preach the, go- preach the gospel like they've never preached before. They declare the good news like never before. That people all around us begin to get saved, begin to have conviction in their hearts, begin to turn from their, their wicked ways and turn back to you. And so, Lord, we praise you for it. We thank you for it. We thank you for using us as your servants. I ask you, Lord, tonight to bless the people, bless their offerings, bless their tithes, bless everything that, that, that they're giving, Lord God. I thank you for taking everything that we put our hands to and prospering it this day and making it more bountiful than ever before. Because, Lord, we put our faith and we put our trust in you. And, Lord, we praise you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.